Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for your patience as I get my act together here. We've been in these days of relaxation and rest. I hope that's been the case for you. Han sido unos días de descanso. Espero que así haya sido para ustedes. And that you have had a blessed Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for, which is why today we will be coming to the Lord's table. As you can see, I want to prepare you for that just a moment and, and uh, get you ready for that. The message will also accomplish that purpose, but I want you to be aware that this table is a table of thanksgiving. La mesa de señores para darle gracias al Señor. And that's why we uh, thought it appropriate the Sunday after Thanksgiving to share in the Lord's Supper, to be together at his table. And so this table is for all who have professed that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of their lives, are seeking to follow him, who understand that they are in need of his forgiveness and of his grace and his blessing. Without him, there is no life. And so if you understand that, you're seeking to follow and honor Jesus Christ in your life, I invite you uh, to the Lord's table this morning. And there are these individual communion kits, these individual kits for the Lord's Supper that are on the, in the back. So if you haven't gotten one sometime before we partake, I invite you to have one ready if you are planning to be a part of our, our time around the Lord's table. Les invito que si no tienen de la copita y del pan este en este paquete, hay paquetes detrás y que pueden agarrar uno para poder participar en la Santa Cena. So we're at, as the uh, Rourke family informed us, we're at the first Sunday of Advent. Es el primer domingo de Adviento. And so I want to welcome you to that. Welcome all of those who are tuning in right now in our live stream and also who will be watching this recorded later. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Es el primer domingo de Adviento. And our scripture that I want to share with you today comes from the prophet Isaiah. It's from Isaiah chapter 52, verses 8 through 10. And then I want to read another section also, verses 13 through 15. So there's two sections here. Uh, Isaiah 52, versículos 8 al 10, y después el 13 al 15. Son dos partes. And I'm going to read them one after the other, first in English, then in Spanish. Voy a comenzar leyendo en inglés, luego en español. And this is the word of God. The words spoken through the prophet. La palabra de Dios hablada por medio del profeta. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Escucha tus sentinelas alzan la voz y juntos gritan de alegría porque ven con sus propios ojos que el Señor vuelve a Sion. Ruinas de Jerusalén prorrumpan juntas en canciones de alegría porque el Señor ha consolado a su pueblo, ha redimido a Jerusalén. El Señor desnudará su santo brazo a la, vista, a la vista de todas las naciones y todos los confines de la tierra verán la salvación de nuestro Dios. Then verse 13, versículo 13. See, my servant will act wisely. 
He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Miren, mi siervo triunfará, será exaltado, levantado y muy enaltecido. Muchos se asombraron de él, pues tenía desfigurado el semblante. Nada de humano tenía su aspecto. Del mismo modo, muchas naciones se asombrarán y en su presencia enmudecerán los reyes, porque verán lo que no se les había anunciado y entenderán lo que no habían oído. I dare say it's been more than 20 years now, maybe 25 years, I'm not sure, but it's been over 20 years that we've now had with us this technology called digital photography. And it has really changed a lot of things in our lives. La tecnología de la fotografía digital nos ha cambiado la vida. I mean, it, it is possible now uh, to just take what seems to be a simple photo and you can change it. You can uh, manipulate that photo. You can dress it up. You can use it for some other purpose other than what it was intended for. Puedes uh, transformar una foto simple. Stay right there. Stay right there. I want to show you what I'm talking about. That is a picture of me preaching online, and that's a serious moment, believe it or not. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem so serious. Go back and show the picture before. Yeah, that looks kind of awkward, doesn't it? Is there a picture before that one? Yeah, okay. So here's the beauty of this. Greg sent me these a few weeks ago. Greg me envió estas fotos hace unas semanas. And I said, Greg, this, yeah, could you dress this up, Greg? Could you make this, could you fix this, Greg? Okay, le pedí a Greg arreglar esto. So, I asked Greg to fix these photos, to make them better, so let's see what Greg came up with. Go ahead and, oh my goodness. All right. Yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite there. Yeah, like that, power, absolute power. So I think you got the idea, right? Uh, digital photography allows us to do funny things, fun things with photos. There's one tool that is uh, very common with digital photography, that's not a fancy tool. Hay una herramienta que podemos usar con la fotografía digital, and it's this simple thing called cropping. Cropping. It's where you can, you know, you can isolate on one part of a picture and basically cut out that part or cut out everything else and use that part of the picture. Puedes aislar una parte y, y usarla, uh, recortándola. Well, I do that all the time. I'm not an expert at digital photography, but I do use cropping. Uh, for example, many times in a group photo, I'll have a picture of myself in a group photo. I'm like, hey, I actually smiled okay that time. And I'll crop that, right? I'll, I'll take that out and I'll use it as a profile picture for some account or something like that. Maybe you've done the same thing. He recortado fotos de mí mismo en un grupo para usarla en un perfil o algo así. Cropping, it, it kind of allows you to 
you know, to take away what's off to the side, what's, what's peripheral, so that you can really, you know, focus in and hone in on what matters. Con uh, 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 la utilidad de recortar, puedes enfocarte en lo que importa. And I want us to have that image of cropping in our minds, because it seems to me that when we come to God's word, uh, we have in the Bible this vast portrait that God has given us. It's, it's like this amazing, high-quality uh, digital picture that God gives us of his plan for all time and for all history. It's like a huge mural that's telling this amazing story of what God is up to. La Biblia es como un gran retrato de todo lo que está haciendo Dios en la historia. It is so exquisite in its detail. The Bible is so uh, complex in its beauty. It's so marvelous. It's so wonderful, in fact, that we can easily get lost in it and not understand what the whole thing's about. There's so many pixels, if you want to put it that way, to the Bible that we can get pretty much uh, overwhelmed by it. Hay tanto pixeles en la Biblia que esto nos agobia. And so we need to understand what it's about. There's so many Bible characters, right? There's so many Bible stories, so many teachings in the Bible. How do you begin to make sense of what this book is trying to tell us? Hay tantas historias, tantos personajes, tantas enseñanzas. ¿Qué es el punto? Well, if we can step back just a little bit and pay attention, I believe that what we can see in the pages of the Bible is that God is cropping. God is narrowing through the pages of Scripture our focus. He is actually reframing the whole uh, sense of what it's all about so that we can understand it. Dios está recortando, Él está reencuadrando lo que es el retrato de su plan. I think we can see this a little bit in the Scripture that we've read today from Isaiah chapter 52. Here we see in verse 8 an image, almost like a little photo, if you will. Aquí hay una imagen. It's the photo or the image of watchmen. They're on the walls of Jerusalem, and they're, they're at their posts. They're scanning the horizon. Hay sentinelas en las murallas de Jerusalén. And what are these watchmen looking for? Que están buscando estas sentinelas? They're watching and waiting for signs of God's activity. They're looking for some sign of God. Están buscando indicios de la actividad de Dios. And when they catch a glimpse of something far off on the horizon, they begin to become excited. They begin to rejoice. Al ver algún indicio, empiezan a regocijarse. And that's what it says here in verse 8. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. Escucha tus sentinelas, alzan la voz y juntos gritan de alegría. They're getting excited. Why? When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Porque ven con sus propios ojos que el Señor vuelve a Sion. So they're looking off in the distance and they see a sign. God is coming. Dios viene. It's a far away image. But as it becomes bigger and bigger, they get more excited and they turn then to the people of the city. Después miran a los del pueblo, de la ciudad. They talk to the people of Jerusalem, the people of God. 
And they basically share the news with them that God is coming. Y comparte con ellos. Listen, that's what they're saying in verse 9. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted His people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Reinas a Jerusalén, pero rompan juntas en canciones de alegría, porque el Señor ha consolado a su pueblo, ha redimido a Jerusalén. So you see the picture here is that Jerusalem is in ruins. The people are left desolate. Están ruinas Jerusalén. Why? Because at this stage in the story, God's presence has left them. God's presence has left the temple in Jerusalem. The temple is in ruins. The people of God are in ruins. And God has gone off to Babylon with the people of Israel in exile there. Uh, el templo está en ruinas y Dios no está ahí. God is not there. But they see signs. God is coming back. And as it gets bigger and bigger off of the horizon, as it, it occupies more of the frame, everybody's excited. And eventually what we're told here is that the whole world is going to see God coming. Eventualmente todo el mundo va a ver a Dios. That's what verse 10 is about. It says, the Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. El Señor desnudará su santo brazo a la vista de todas las naciones y todos los confines de la tierra verán la salvación de nuestro Dios. It's a beautiful picture of God returning, people waiting, watching, looking as God comes into view. And what we have here, I think, is not only a picture of a moment in time in the history of Israel, no solo una foto de un momento de Israel. This is really, I think, a picture of the entire Old Testament of the Bible. It is a lens for us to make sense of what's going on in the Old Testament. Es un retrato de lo que es el Antiguo Testamento. The watchmen on the wall. Who are they? ¿Quiénes son las sentinelas? They're the prophets. The prophets of the Old Testament were like watchmen on the wall, scanning the horizon, looking for God's coming. And when they see a sign of it, they shout out with joy, Hey, look, there he is. Can you see it? God is coming. God's coming to save. God's coming to redeem. God's coming to comfort his people. Los profetas al verse señales de que Dios viene, están gritando, Dios viene a consolar y a redimir a su pueblo. They shout that to the people of Israel over the centuries. Some from Israel see it by faith. Others don't see it. They don't believe. Algunos lo ven y creen, otros no. But eventually, the whole world is going to see it, the scripture says. Por fin todo el mundo lo verá. In fact, I love the imagery here of God bearing his holy arm. It's, it's almost like God is going to roll up his sleeve and say, here I am, here's my strength, here's my presence. Dios desnuda su santo brazo. It's almost like the picture of a curtain and this arm slips through the curtain to say, here I am, people of God, I'm coming strength to save you. Es como si un brazo atravesara una cortina. Whole world's going to see it. So what is this that the prophets have seen, that the people begin to perceive, and eventually that the whole world will testify to? ¿Qué es lo que verán? 
Let's look at verse 13. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Mi siervo triunfará, será exaltado, levantado, muy enaltecido. There's a servant that's going to come. And people will be not rejoicing, but they'll be appalled at him. Se asombrarán de él, pero de forma negativa. Why? Because this servant is coming to be raised up in order to suffer. Será enaltecido para sufrir. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man. His form marred beyond human likeness. Dice, tenía desfigurado el sembrante. Nada de humano tenía su aspecto. And so this servant comes to Israel to be lifted up in order to suffer. But not only will Israel see it, the whole world's going to see it. And that's what verse 15 says, so he will sprinkle many nations. Del mismo modo, muchas naciones se asombrarán. Otra traducción es que él salpicará a las naciones. The sign or the, the image here of sprinkling, he's going to sprinkle the nations. That's the image of a priest. Sprinkling blood over the people in order to purify them from their sins. Es la imagen de un sacerdote que salpica sangre sobre las naciones para purificarlas. And you see, when you're pure, God can dwell with you. That's why the priest did that. Para que Dios esté con ellos. So all the nations will see that. What they were told, they will, not told, they will see. What they have not heard, they will understand. Verán lo que no se les había anunciado. So what the prophets and Israel and finally the whole Roman world saw, we know, was Jesus. Lo que vieron los profetas de Israel y el imperio romano era Jesús. Jesus is the one they saw from afar coming into the frame, coming into the picture, bigger, larger. He's the one who will be raised up, but raised up on a cross to suffer. Él será enaltecido en una cruz para sufrir. And then he will be raised up from the dead to sprinkle many nations with his blood. To purify the sins of the people. Así para salpicar a las naciones con su sangre. Él será enaltecido. There's another picture I want to bring you to that gives us kind of this sense again of God approaching. It's in the New Testament in 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. Primero de Juan 1, 1. Again, get a mental picture here what's going on. John says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Lo que ha sido desde el principio, lo que hemos oído, lo que hemos visto con nuestros propios ojos, lo que hemos contemplado, lo que hemos tocado con las manos, esto les anunciamos respecto al verbo que es vida. In other words, there's this word of life that is from the beginning. It's far off on the horizon and it gets closer and bigger and, and grander and to the point that we can see this word of life. We can touch this word of life with our own hands, with our own eyes. La palabra o el verbo que es vida se acerca desde el comienzo hasta ahora hasta el punto de tocar y verlo. And then verse 2, he says this, the life appeared and we've seen it and testify to it. 
And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Esta vida se manifestó, nosotros la hemos visto y damos testimonio de ella. Y les anunciamos a ustedes la vida eterna que estaba con el Padre y ya se nos ha manifestado. Eternal life has come from far away, from the Father to a place where we can see, touch, it's real. La vida eterna del Padre. Está con nosotros. Jesus is the life that's appeared. Jesus is the invisible God made visible to you and me. Jesús es el Dios invisible hecho visible. He's the incarnation, we say. He's the flesh and blood presence of God himself. Can you see him? Pueden ver a Jesús. Well, in order to see Jesus, you've got to do some cropping. Hay que recortar. In fact, as I said before, if we look at the vast picture of God's Word, we will realize that what God is doing through His Word is a whole process of cropping. La palabra de Dios se trata de recortar. God starts with the, with the sinful family of Adam and of Eve and God crops the picture down a bit and what do we see? We see Abraham. De la familia de Adán y Eva, Dios recorta hasta llegar a Abraham. And from the messed up family of Abraham, there's a lot of stories about how messed up Abraham's family was. God again does some cropping and he brings the picture down to this one called Israel. De la familia revuelta Abraham, Dios recorta la imagen a, hace llegar a Israel. And then from the rebellious family of Israel with all of its branches and all of the craziness that goes on in Israel, what do we find? God's cropping the picture down until we get to this one called David. De la familia rebeliosa Israel, Dios recorta la imagen hasta llegar a David. And from the dysfunctional family of David, and it was very dysfunctional, God keeps cropping the picture down until we get to this one, Jesus. La familia de David, yo recorta la imagen hasta llegar a Jesús. Jesus, who is God's servant, who will act wisely. The one who's come to save, to redeem. But here's the cool thing about the Bible. God crops the picture all the way down to Jesus for the purposes of expanding the picture. Después Dios quiere expandir la foto. Because God is about creating a brand new family of people. And he wants to add us into the picture. He wants to expand the picture. By faith, you get connected to him and you become a part of his family. And God's plan is to expand that picture until the whole family of God is, is gathered. Those who become brand new people, redeemed and transformed by the love of the suffering servant. Dios quiere expandir la foto hasta incluir a todos los que son parte por fe de esta familia de Jesús that's the good news of the Bible God's cropping in order to include you and me it was well over a hundred years ago the philosopher Immanuel Kant who is a skeptic taught in his philosophy that there is a huge gap between 
our world, the world of our five senses, and the world beyond our senses, the non-material world. El filósofo escéptico Kant enseñaba hay una brecha entre este mundo lo físico y lo no material. He called the uh, physical world the phenomenal, the phenomenal. Lo físico es lo fenomenal. And he called the, the non-material world, the world beyond our senses, he called that the noumenal. Lo noumenal es el mundo más allá de nuestros sentidos. And basically, he taught, he said, you know what? Those two just don't touch. And so he basically said, I'm agnostic. In other words, it's not that I don't believe in God, it's just that I can't know. There are certain things you can't know. He's the guy who said that if a tree falls in the forest and you're not there to hear it, it doesn't make a noise. You've probably heard that, right? Es el que dijo que si el árbol cae en el bosque, no hace ruido si no estás allí. Basically, he says, God's in the noumenal, we're in the phenomenal, and ne'er shall the twain meet. Dios está en lo noumenal, nosotros en lo fenomenal. The two just can't touch. And so God doesn't matter because if there is a God, I can't know it. And I can't know him. I can't see him, hear him, taste him, touch him, feel him. No lo puedo ver, oír, tocar, oler, etc. But Isaiah would say to us, look again. Miren otra vez. Why? God has bared his holy arm. Dios ha desnudado su santo brazo. John, in the New Testament, which we just read, would say, look again. Miren otra vez, the life has appeared, and we've seen it. The life that was from the Father has broken into our world. La vida del Padre se ha manifestado. Author uh, Tim Keller, who's a little bit more sophisticated, puts it this way. He says, in Jesus Christ, the noumenal has entered the phenomenal. En Jesucristo lo noumenal ha entrado en lo fenomenal. The invisible, inaccessible God has become accessible to us. El Dios inaccesible se ha hecho accesible. And so we need to understand what God is about. God increasingly crops the picture down of his plan to save the world until we only focus and see Jesus, who is God. Breaking into our world to save us. Dios recorta la imagen hasta que veamos a Jesús. ¿Quién es Dios llegado para salvarnos? So, today in this uh, first Sunday of Advent, we're beginning a new series of messages. And the series is called The Christmas Code. That's the title we've given it. Uh, la serie se llama La Clave de Navidad. And it's based on a little devotional booklet by O.S. Hawkins, a pastor and writer, and in fact, we want to give you this booklet as a gift today. They're on the tables in the back. And as you go out this morning, I invite every family to take a copy of this book. Hay un librito de devocionales. Queremos una copia para cada familia. And beginning Tuesday, which would be the 1st of December, the invitation is that you would take some time with your family, uh, whether it's around the dinner table or it's uh, around the, the Christmas tree or wherever you are, every single day that you just take a few moments 
to read this thought based upon a verse from God's Word. And the idea, again, is to just get a little glimpse. Each day, he's going to outline a different Christmas word or a code word that has to do with Christmas. La idea es que todos los días que tengan un tiempo devocional con su familia alrededor de la mesa o del árbol de Navidad y hay una palabra clave de Navidad cada día. The uh, Christmas code word that I've been preaching on just now comes from the December 5 devotional and the, the code word is crop. Crop. Recortar es la palabra que estamos hablando hoy. And basically in that devotional, not to take away all of his thunder, but basically O.S. Hawkins says that during this time of Advent, he challenges us to do some cropping, to crop out the things that would distract us from focusing and seeing Jesus in our lives. Él quiere que podamos recortar las cosas que nos distraigan del Señor Jesús. In fact, that's really what the shepherds did when you think about it. I love the story of the shepherds in Luke 2.15. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Cuando los ángeles se fueron al cielo, los pastores se dijeron unos a otros, vamos a Belén y a ver esto que ha pasado y que el Señor nos ha dado a conocer. You think about the shepherds just got through seeing this amazing, dazzling, heavenly display of glory. They could have stayed there and said, wow, wasn't it cool when that angel just, you know, lit up the sky or when this happened or that happened or, oh, I hope the sheep are okay. Maybe we should go tend the sheep here. I wonder if any of them got afraid. They didn't talk about any of that. No hablaban de lo que vieron en el cielo de las ovejas. What did they say? Let's crop all of that out. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the point of it all. Let's go see this thing that the angels have told us about, this one. Vamos a Belén a ver las cosas que el Señor nos ha mostrado. And that's really our challenge during this time. Crop. Recortar. In fact, I think that's why we come to the Lord's table. I want to come to the Lord's table with you with a question. What do we need to crop out of our lives in the coming month of Advent? Que hay que recortar de la vida. Crop out the stress. There's a lot of stress, a lot of ways we can be stressed. It can be as simple as the stress of getting the tree up or, or sending cards. There's some stress there. I was experiencing some of that last night. Recortar el estrés. Crop out the distractions. Plenty of distractions right now. Getting gifts bought. Making sure the you know, the menu's complete for Christmas Day, whatever that might be. Recortar el estrés, la distracción. How about uh, cropping out the rushing? This is a time for rushing. El apuro. Or cropping out the, the arguments, the, the, the snipping and, and, and biting at each other. Uh, recortar las discusiones. Those are the little things that can really get us down, but they're big things too. How about cropping out the fear? The fear of the future. Fear of the pandemic. Fear of the political climate. Fear of the economy. Recortar el miedo de la pandemia, la economía, la política. To help us, we come to this table. 
Dios nos lleva a esta mesa. And I believe here, in a way, God helps us because he crops out everything but two things, bread and a cup. Dios recorta todo menos pan y la copa. And here we experience something with our five senses. We, we see and we, we touch the bread. Tocamos el pan, lo vemos. We smell and we taste of the cup. Olemos y saboreamos de la copa. We hear. We hear the words of Jesus, the promise. This is my body, this is my blood. Escuchamos las promesas de Jesús. God here crops out everything. And in a way, at the Lord's table, God bears his holy arm in a way that is very simple for us. Here, we are reminded of Jesus, the suffering servant who gave his body and his blood for you and for me. Vemos a Jesús, el siervo que dio su cuerpo y su sangre. And nothing else matters. Nothing else matters except Jesus. Let's look to him. Let's crop out everything else. Vamos a recortar todo lo demás menos Jesús. I want to invite you to pray with me. Oremos. Lord Jesus, we admit that there are many distractions. Many images and words and sounds that vie for our attention. Hay muchas imágenes y sonidos que nos llaman la atención. But here you invite us to focus and see only you. Queremos enfocarnos y ver solo tú, Señor. We come with our sin and our failure, Lord. The things that we try to add to our lives that we think will give us life, but they do not. Hay tanto que intentamos agregar a la vida que no nos da vida. Right now, God, in the, in the silence, we pause to confess those sins, to confess our failure to see you. Confesamos, Señor, nuestros pecados ante ti en el silencio. We thank you, Jesus, for being raised up on a cross to give your body for us. Gracias, Señor Jesús, por ser enaltecido en la cruz, por dar tu cuerpo por nosotros. Thank you for shedding your blood so that you could sprinkle us and make us pure. Gracias por derramar tu sangre para salpicarnos y purificarnos. Help us in faith to open up and to receive what you give us through this table. Que abramos el corazón para recibir por fe lo que nos das en esta mesa. We ask it in Jesus' name. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. Amen.
So I want to remind you that the same night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke that bread and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesús, la misma noche que fue entregado, tomó el pan y dando gracias lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, tomad, comed, este es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido. Haced esto en memoria de mí. In the same manner, he also took the cup when they had supped. And he said, this cup is the New Testament, the new agreement made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. De la misma manera también tomó la copa diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Haced esto cada vez que, de ella, tomen, que tomen de ella en memoria de mí. I want to invite you to just take a moment to prepare your packet, to open up the top part, and to take out and touch this very small, insignificant piece of bread. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. El pan que partimos es la comunión del cuerpo de Cristo. I invite you to open up and eat in faith. Coman en faith.